messages will be right back. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Good. Are you in good hands? And now, a word from our sponsors. Hey everybody, welcome to After These Messages, bringing you hot takes on commercial breaks. We are here, as always, to talk about TV commercials, the good ones, the bad ones, and the ones where people say weird shit like this. All right, now you're overacting. My name is Andrew Walsh, I'm here with Genevieve Has. Hello, Genevieve. Hi, Andrew. And we have a special guest on the line today as well, right? We do. He's a very special guest and a repeat guest. I thought you were referring, you wanted me to respond to that, and I was like, I don't know, I don't know if I'm special, I'm just a guest. I'm sorry about that. Hello, Ben Harrison of the Greatest Generation podcast, The Greatest Discovery, Friendly Fire. That's right. Anything that else? Too many podcasts. That can't be all of them. How many? Come on, you got to have more than three. I have been, I, uh, 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 not a word of a lie, have been recording a fourth podcast for about a year with a friend of mine, but we haven't released any episodes what? yet, so we don't need to promote this it. This is breaking news. What is it? <laughs> it's uh, it's a secret project that I'm working on with Dan Kennedy of the Moth Podcast. Oh, no kidding. Oh, cool. I just like... <sighs> Has it okay. not been released yet? Are you like... Just yeah. Pre- are you pre... Okay. It, Never been released, but uh, but well, one day, some, this is a, some, someday we'll get our nerve up to release an episode. This is a big break for us, I've got to be honest. <laughs> do you want to pause for a second, Genevieve? Do you want to tweet it out? Breaking news, do you want to use a little red I don't know, uh, do 67 alarms? people want to read that? New. No. <laughs> uh, of course, Ben, uh, the reason you are on the show today is because you're a friend. What is this? Maybe your th- third, fourth, maybe even fifth appearance on the show. Uh, thanks for doing it. And the reason we asked you on today is because we got an email from a listener that I'll get into in a little bit here, um, but it was uh, pointing us towards an early '90s Star Trek related commercial. That is pretty. It's pretty wild. It's pretty wild, <laughs> yeah. and the backstory on it's even better. And so that made us think. Wait a second, you've been on the show a bunch. You're like the biggest Star Trek expert I think we know. Yet we've never done a Star Trek show with you before. I don't know how that's possible, but I don't know here we either. are. <laughs> but here we are. So today's show is all going to be dedicated to Star Trek-related commercials, not just commercials for Star Trek, although I think we do have some of those, right, Thieves? You did most of the work today. Yeah, so if you cast your net widely uh, for commercials with a Star Trek tie-in, you will get, I don't know, a billion commercials? Uh-huh. <laughs> um, because the actors who who are in Star Trek, of which there are you know hundreds, um, are also like not they're not too proud to beg you to buy anything right and so there are tons of like the actors who are in Star Trek have been in a ton of uh-huh. commercials the Paramount has licensed Star Trek in all in many of its forms for a lot of ads and of course there are ads for things that are like cross promotions and then ads for Star Trek properties themselves so there is a lot to choose from I tried to stick to things that are visibly and you know canonically Star Trek although I think the canon question is an interesting one Um, and also by the way uh, once we get into it I think maybe we'll save this for the end of our conversation but I'm also very interested in your thoughts Ben on these Uber Eats commercials with Hamill and Stewart because I have some opinions (laughs) our listeners I think know what those opinions are but I'd like to hear your take on because I keep on thinking I'm just missing something I feel like I'm missing something in those commercials but no they they seem like they have all the parts of an idea, but then... <laughs> yes. <laughs> there it is. All right, let's officially uh, launch this Voyager, whatever they say on Star Trek. 
huge um star trek viewer as well i always um, get worried when you say that because i i'm the really the one-eyed man in our home here because i watch enough to certainly know more than you but now i'm talking to ben who knows way more right. than me so my my the limits of my knowledge are going to quickly become apparent are there any one-eyed men or one-eyed aliens in star trek oh sure oh, oh sure i think so yeah General Martok of the Klingon Empire. Yeah, I, I was, <laughs> oh, we're gonna get to it. This is what I'm it. here for, by the way. I was just trying to think: is there is there a species that is uh, oh, mono? That's, that's, that's uh, yeah, cyclops. Yeah. Species. Oh, you're talking about somebody who's lost an eye. Yeah. This is a oh, this is a yeah. Klingon. Got his eye poked out by the Jem Hadar, Andrew. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> Duh. I love it. I really do. I love people. It can be about almost anything. I think Star Trek is even more um, delightful, though. But I just love people who are really, really deep in worlds. I mean, it could be <laughs> honestly like car mechanics, and I know nothing about it. And then people start talking about, I don't know. Yeah. Rockets or whatever. Anyone who's like, knowledgeable and, more. and enthusiastic about something is a, is a delight to me. Um, how many sprockets go into a, an automobile engine, by the way? Do either one of you know? At least a dozen, if not more. <laughs> I feel like it's a baker's dozen. Absolutely. They call it a mechanic's dozen. Um, <laughs> what I was going to ask you guys, that music we played, that is Leonard Nimoy from an old record called Leonard Nimoy Presents Mr. Spock's Music from Outer Space. Are you guys pretty familiar with that? Oh, yeah. I got it on repeat over here. <laughs> Sorry. I'm not trying to pigeonhole you. I had no idea that Nimoy delved into uh, some easy listening. I mean, you know, Shatner famously does his, like, spoken word songs uh-huh. that have, like, a certain sort of kitschy appeal. Yeah. There's that, uh, I think Brent Spiner has, like, a crooner music album. Oh, really? Well, he sings, uh, he does, they have him sing sometimes. Who is some that? Of, oh, that's Data. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. There's a weird, like lounge music thing that that is like Star Trek adjacent. They really yes. leaned into it in Deep Space Nine, but but I feel like every cast had some kind of crooners on it, and uh, they variously cashed in <laughs> people's interest in listening to slightly Star Trek-themed lounge music. <laughs> yeah. It is weird that, that's, that that is kind of the like the vibe that they're putting out there musically. Do you think it's from the era of the time, which, you know, can, there was this kind of space capade kind of lounge music sound at the time. <laughs> but, I mean, at what time? Like TOS was, you know, in the, in the, in the, 60s. In the 60s. Yeah, that's what I mean. And then you almost wonder, did Shatner and then Nimoy getting in on it then? Now when did people are doing more, tone? did they sort of set the tone? Yeah, and this possible. may be a callback for the, for the younger kids getting in the game. Um, well, I mentioned at the top of the show um, that uh, this whole Star Trek idea came to us because of an email that we got from listener Leanna, who says um, she was listening to a podcast called Every Asian in Star Trek, where they uh, interview all the Asians who ever appeared on Star Trek. It's actually, I want to give them a quick shout out here. It's um, hosted by Phil Yu, and it's part of the Potluck Podcast Collective, which features unique voices and stories from the Asian American community. Are you guys familiar with this before Leanna sent it to us? Have you guys been listening to this? I have not heard of that podcast, but that sounds like a great premise. You were on one recently that's like um, like Jews and Star Trek. Am I right, Ben? Yeah, Star Trek and the Jews is the name of uh, of the show. And I, I, I did a guest spot because uh, my wife is Jewish and I've been 
you know, attending services and things with her since we got together. So I, I have a, there's a, a Judaism part of my life. I wouldn't, I wouldn't self-identify as a Jew, but, um, but yeah, like, so they were kind of curious about like how, how I incorporate that in, in my life. And, and it's, uh, I, yeah, it's, I mean, like Star Trek has always prided itself on representation, famously the first biracial on-screen kiss happened on Star Trek. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. The original series? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Kirk lays one on Ahura and makes history in the process. (laughs) (laughs) It'd be weird if it wasn't the original series. I realize how stupid my question was. No, it didn't happen until (laughs) the 90s. 80s. (laughs) Well, I mean, we are a really terrible country, so it's possible. But yeah, no, they're very famous for for that kiss and just more generally for the sort of... um, uh, inclusivity, which you know, it feels dated now when you watch mm-hmm. TOS, but like it was progressive at the time. Mm-hmm. Well, the uh, very first episode of Every Asian in Star Trek, um, they're interviewing Lieutenant, uh, or I'm sorry, they're interviewing the um, actor who played Daniel Kwan, Lieutenant Daniel Kwan, in an episode of The Next Generation. Only made one appearance, is my understanding. Are you guys familiar Ooh, with this yeah. episode or this uh, character? I believe the character commits suicide in that episode. Oh, really? Yeah, it's a, a very dark episode. Holy cow. Well, the actor's name is Tim Lunabus, um, and this is where it all comes back to commercials, is apparently Lunabus also portrayed Sulu in a Star Trek commercial for KFC. Whoa, now, that's the same guy? Yes, that's... No so kidding. They're interviewing him about his work on The Next Generation as this one um, character, but then they're also interested in... The, I think he had some work related to the video game, and then also he was cast in this really bizarre Star Trek commercial. Veeves, can you describe it? <laughs> well, it is it is really wild. It's It takes place on the bridge of, uh, of the Enterprise, the, the original Enterprise. The, I don't remember the, what's the number on the first one. One seven zero one. No bloody A, B, C, or D. Uh, I don't even know what that nerd. joke is, but I love it. Uh, so they're on the bridge. Um, it's the original characters, but they have been recast with lookalikes. Um, but they are good lookalikes. Some of them, yeah. I would say, Sulu is obviously not George Takei, um, but the Kirk looks really good. Mm-hmm. The Ahura looks pretty good. Uh, the James Doohan looks really good. The James um, Doohan, like, they have to do the least makeup on, so they give him, like, real, like, face-on close-ups. Yes, everybody else every- is sort of <laughs> a very quick pan, for yeah, sure. Yeah, or, or they're, like, half in shadow or something like that. But they're it's, doing it... <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, it's the kind of makeup that they did with, like, Joseph Gordon-Levitt to make him look a little bit more like Bruce Willis <laughs> oh, in that, that time travel nose. movie. Oh, yeah, that nose. I, I read a great review of that movie once, which was, like, you know, it kind of got talked about the places for Sleeper. He gets a mm-hmm. uh, sleeper? No, that's no, a um, looper? looper. Looper, looper, yeah. Looper, excuse me. This is for looper. And that said, the, the reviewer said, the nose is so bad that at a certain point you want to just say to the movie, we get it. Right. These are the same men. Right. It's so distracting. <laughs> it's really distracting. The whole time, like, he should have gotten his own um, credit in the... <laughs> That uh, nose, <laughs> which is better, that nose or Nicole Kidman's nose in the hours? 
Oh, you know, I haven't seen the hours. I don't think. I think she plays Virginia Woolf. Yeah. That um, whole era of filmmaking is gonna like be so perplexing to the next generation. Where they're gonna be like, why didn't they just deep fake him? I just don't get it. I know, right? Yeah, right, right, right. All right, here I want to um, hit play well, on wait, this. Wait, did we ever explain what this commercial? Okay, you is? explain the commercial. Okay, so it's it's on the bridge of the Enterprise. It's all these uh, fake fake crew actors because it's made you know however long not that long ago in the 90s I think um, I think you said that they are the real voices yes I mean I kind of found this out later but all you need to know now is that I think the sound design like this is a really really impressive commercial as far as recreating the the set yeah um, it's not the actual set but they got the guy who created the original set for the bridge to recreate wow. it for this commercial I learned this all honestly you guys check out episode one there's tons of dazzling details just about this commercial alone on episode one of the podcast um, this is the, every Asian every in Star Asian Trek. Trek yeah um, um, but anyway, yeah, so they recreate the thing. And, um, They're on the a mission to order KFC. Terrible. Yes. End yes. of story. <laughs> and the sound mix is the one thing they get really wrong, I think, but I'll uh, explain why in a second. I mean, even just aside from the the audio just sounding like... This sounds like I'm playing one of those things where somebody tapes something off of their TV yeah. using their cell phone, but it's not that. It's just a terrible <laughs> mix. The sound effects are just like burying the voices. Leave them up, Scotty. Okay, so what's happening here? Now, they have some people down on Earth in a QFC ordering chicken, and now they're beaming them back to the ship, right? right? They're not in a QFC, Andrew. They're in a KFC. A QFC <laughs> is a type of grocery store. <laughs> Good catch. Thank you. Okay, he's beaming back up aboard the ship. Status report. Most call, Captain. Almost lost the cold slaw on that one. Captain's log, Stardate 2453.87. The crisis was averted. Our cravings satisfied. The chicken was excellent. <laughs> Take us out of here, Mr. Sewer. Walk back to two. The Chekhov looks pretty good, too. Yes. That's going to be a, a combination of show audio and then, like, somebody that's doing Shatner, right? Because they, they, they didn't have audio of him talking about which combo meal he wanted in the original series. <laughs> ben, do you know what it is, actually? They got the original actors to record the lines, but what? then they hired lookalikes in so heavy makeup to to uh, lip sync it. Here, take a listen. This is from the podcast. Oh, is it um, to be young, or is it because it was cheaper to do it this way? I think it was an age thing. I think they wanted the it to look 90s. real. So here, wow. take a listen to this. I'm going to play about 90 seconds of the podcast. And again, everybody, um, you know, check out the full episode, please. First of all, to uh, support the other podcast and because I'm stealing their audio here. But here, take a listen <laughs> <laughs> to this. This is Phil uh, you the, the podcaster, interviewing Tim Lunabus, the actor. They had all the original actors voice Okay. Us. So uh, I have a cassette tape somewhere of all of George's things, uh-huh. of all the different things he oh, said. Wow. So not all of them are in that in that uh-huh. commercial. But uh, uh, and for the longest time, George, whenever we'd be somewhere at a, some event or something, he'd go, "And here's the voice of the younger me," or something like <laughs> that. Or this is the younger me. But uh, <laughs> it was for like the twenty. Let's see, would it be the twenty fifth anniversary? 
at the time that they were uh-huh. celebrating. That's what. Okay. That's why they did. It. And it's KFC, and I never forget the Kirk guy. They had like twenty six takes on this one thing because he just he was challenged. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but he he actually needed the least prosthetics because uh-huh. he looked a lot like him. So already. so that's the thing. So you guys are all mouthing the the actual audio yeah. of the original characters, yeah. uh, the actors. But you were all wearing some some degree of prosthesis yeah. to to make yourselves look like you like you look like George yeah. Takei. Yeah yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. That's fascinating. And how did Man. they end on that production model? That's so wild. I mean, like, I I have a theory about why the sound mix is the way it is, and I'm not a sound expert, but I'm wondering if those because because those whirs and beeps from the original series are very iconic, and I kind of feel like if you got up to go into the other room to make yourself a sandwich mm-hmm. and you heard that coming from your TV, you'd be like, what is that? I got to go back and take a take a peek. Mm-hmm. And then and then you'd see this commercial and you'd be like, why am I making myself a sandwich? I could go get some KFC. <laughs> <laughs> I, could, I could see that. I also wondered if they were trying to mask it a little bit because it's a weird lip sync. Um, right. Like you can tell the sound gets a lot better when um, you just have Kirk's voiceover near the end and we don't see him. It's just like, you know, kind of a voice of God. Yeah, the, ro- the sound of the room yes. is very is very noticeable. I wonder what how they record. It like, sounds like they all recorded it in their living rooms or something yes right anyway but it's a wild like you said it's a wild production model and how did we not know about this how does the whole world how is this not all over you know this should be so viral. why are we talking about anything but <laughs> exactly. the election's over can we focus on this now um by the way just a couple of other dazzling details that uh lunabus dropped in this interview um he says that he thinks he made this around 1992 and that he made five thousand dollars doing it. it was like his first paying gig it was uh. before he was in the tv show I what believe. oh so they wow. cast him in this and then he got cast in... that's my understanding if i'm remembering it in correctly. Eye of the Beholder? Because he That's said wild. he made $5,000 and it just seemed so huge. He couldn't believe that he made $5,000 for this commercial. And now he's like, yeah. that's not that's not what I would get paid. <laughs> 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 and he said that this only played in other countries, but not the U.S. And he was speculating that it might have been a rights issue. I didn't see US. anything about like, uh, usually when you see Star Trek stuff, especially the Enterprise, it'll say Paramount like courtesy of Paramount and I didn't see anything about courtesy of Paramount there so I do wonder if it's a rights thing yeah Anyway, well, that's all I know about for today's show because I listened to somebody else's podcast. So, Viv, you got to take over from here. Well, let's go talk about this. Let's talk about this next one, which, Ben, I think you sent this to us and, and got this uh, sort of – this was the other uh, uh, launch point for this episode because this is a wild local ad for oh, Deep Space yes. Nine. Actually, I regret <laughs> saying that because it's bananas when you find out what it's for. But yes. being an audio medium, we sometimes have to uh, spoil the punchline here. Yeah, I think I found this on a subreddit that specializes in people posting commercials where you're not going to believe what this ad is for, which I think you guys have done like episodes on that premise mm-hmm. a few times, like quizzing each other about like what can you predict what this is going to be. And this is one that, like, there's no predicting it uh, unless Genevieve ruins it for you ahead of time. And, and then, and then, too bad. You should, you should have been on that subreddit, and that's on you. And also, this is a commercial from well, I guess when was this show on? 
like 1998 maybe <laughs> yeah well i'll tell you if, if you were a viewer of uh of deep space nine in uh whenever this what did you say 1998 I, yeah and I mean, you lived in greenville south carolina uh maybe you saw this live <laughs> so let me let me set it up you see a businessman on a busy street you see him like this is the scene that i always wanted to live in when i was a kid growing up in the country it's like i want to be one of those guys in a trench coat with a briefcase in the city walking around a bustling city but unfortunately <laughs> this guy gets jostled by another yeah. passerby and his brief one of these kid. days young andrew is going to leave this sleepy town and move <laughs> to the right. bustling <laughs> metropolis of greenville <laughs> I'm going to meet whatever the Greenville version of Ratso Rizzo is, and he's going <laughs> to introduce me to a whole new world. It's going to end great, I think. Andrew's the only guy who saw, um, what is that? Is that uh, Ur- Urban Cowboy? Urban uh, ca- no, no. Uh, Midnight Urban? Cowboy? Midnight Cowboy. Midnight, Midnight Cowboy. cowboy. Uh, there's so many cowboy movies. There's Rhinestone Cowboy. There's mm-hmm. Urban Cowboy. Uh, there's Drugstore Cowboy. Yep. But Andrew's oh, yeah. the only person who saw Midnight Cowboy as an aspirational movie. <laughs> it is true. When I would take the bus from sleepy uh, Concord, New Hampshire into to, become... to see you in Boston. For oh. real, that trip I would take on Fridays and I would like come into the city and I'd always think like, where's my ratso? Yeah. And when, when do I become a, an, an abused gigolo? <laughs> You'd go, you'd go back home and hang out at the bar with your townie friends, and you'd be like, "Yeah, but I have sophisticated cosmopolitan friends like Ratso back in Boston." Last I saw him, we were on a bus. I can't remember what happened there. Um, okay, so we have this businessman. He's walking down the street. It's busy. Uh, somebody jostles him. His briefcase goes flying open. His papers go everywhere. He falls to his knees, and then we get that shot from above. That. <laughs> Classic shot from above where he raises his hands towards the heavens yeah. and looks up. Why, and God? Shit why? And the, why, God? And then as the camera continues to pull back, we start to see the entire city. Oh, the state. Oh, the country. Oh, the world. And then we realize we are in space. Take a listen to this. Everybody needs a little space, a little time away from this now we now we pass the uh, we pass out of the uh, solar system and into Deep Space Nine. And Deep Space Nine, that thing is a, a space station, right? It is a space station. Yes. I, I'm sorry, PlayStation got in my head. Space it is not station. A place, it is not a PlayStation. <laughs> um, but can I say this? Like that is a bonkers ass commercial. But everybody needs a little space. Yes. Is an awesome tagline. Well, how did this get made? Because it's for a local Fox affiliate. <laughs> Man, Did somebody should Fox start a of- podcast with that premise. <laughs> oh yeah, that would be great. Um, <laughs> if if uh, how did this get made starts doing commercials, I quit. Yeah. They'll do they'll do it way better than us. Um, yeah. But like, did the did the local Fox affiliate? get this footage like my guess is they sent this out they made this and then sent it out to local stations so they could put their own stamp I guess on that the makes end of sense. it i couldn't find many inst- i couldn't find any instances of it other than the one that all was the on other the affiliates were like we're not running this are you kidding <laughs> <laughs> wait do you, a real question do you guys think that is a good or a bad commercial for star trek 
I think it's incredible. I mean, I love like, it. it's good. Yeah. yeah, like I actually think it's good. I think it does its job. It's so, but it's so weirdly off-brand it for Star really Trek. Is. It, it does it not so tell you much. anything about what the show is going to be like. No, nope. like, <laughs> and, and like Deep Space Nine, famously the dark Star Trek, and it's yeah. such a, it's such a non-dark commercial. It's like it's very slapstick almost. What makes Deep Space Nine dark? Uh, it's 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 lit more darkly, and it's like set kind of on the frontier of the united federation of planets so the the you know the people living on deep space nine are not all living in a post-scarcity utopia so you you kind of encounter like darker issues on deep space it also takes place like during a war for a lot of this a Mm. lot of the plot is going on during a big like intergalactic war Mm. yeah um, you mentioned the lighting. Like, it's actually literally. technically an intragalactic war. You're right. I stand corrected. It's with another quadrant within the galaxy. It's the G-Quad. That's true. You got me. I am so sorry, Ben. <laughs> that was so embarrassing. Uh, do you want to keep going? Like, hey, I'm, I mean, I'm taking up a, a Saturday afternoon to do this, and you guys didn't do I your research. I didn't do my research. I'm just kind of wondering, like, why, you know, why you would ask me to, to spend really, my time. It's un- it's unprofessional. It, it really is. Um, <laughs> damn it, Jen. We talked about this. <laughs> okay. Uh, oh, hey, I did have a quick question. This is kind. Of, this is especially nerdy. But um, you mentioned the literal lighting in Deep Space Nine is a little bit darker. You know, one thing. I'm not a, as you guys know, I'm not a huge uh, Star Trek watcher, and I think even though. People like you say that there's a lot of really good things happening in like the next generation. I think that there is something about the production quality, specifically the lighting, that I've always found kind of to be a weird turnoff, which I don't think most people, I think that's on me, by the way. I'm not trying to cast aspersions because I don't think most people dislike a TV show based on its lighting. But <laughs> <laughs> first of all, do you know what I'm talking about? And secondly, do, do like other series get better? Absolutely. I mean, I think that. The era that it comes out of is uh, notably flat in terms of what television lighting looked like, and there there are times where TNG goes uh, much more moody with its lighting, and I'm always really drawn to those parts. And and also like when they did the films with that cast, they you know that it's it's in cinemascope, it's lit like a like a motion picture, it's it's atmospheric, it's rich, it's you know, there's contour on everything, and uh, I, and whenever when I was a kid, I would be like, "Why don't they make the show look like yeah. this? What's <laughs> what's holding them back?" And like they honestly could have because the show is shot on 35 millimeter film, but it was shot for you know four by three television sets, and they weren't letterboxing it or anything. Like the 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 rules of the day were that you make it like so that it will play well on as many crappy tv sets in the world as you possibly can because that's how you make money on a television show that's interesting so it's not like a budgetary thing it's more of just a kind of a universal compatibility thing i think so yeah i mean like i the the lighting on the original series is much more adventurous i think like they're they're casting weird shadows on stuff there's like light you know coming through grills and and things like that 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 you know give texture and depth to things and and uh, it's unfortunate because like those sets were so much crappier and more flimsy like you see the the bubbling paint on the <laughs> plywood that they built everything out of on TOS now that it's been up to high def 
Really? So you couldn't see it back in the day, but now that they're releasing it in high def, you can see the yeah, but like flaws. But conversely, like the actors from the original series are so beautiful, and like the makeup that they're in is so like is it it is so. I'm so drawn to it. Like looking at the original series now is like it's it's very fun to see what you know the show in 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 the way that the re- the director never intended, right? Cuz like they never thought that people would be able to see episodes in this amount of definition. We're also super conditioned I think to find the the color palettes and the the styling of um of TOS really appealing because we're all so submerged in um like mid-century modern uh, aesthetic right now right so that i think we're it that contributes to our our love of it visually totally totally yeah oh i love the i love the open concept of the starship enterprise <laughs> exactly <laughs> it's got basically a sunken living room it totally is you're right <laughs> oh my god i could yeah what is the channel that does all the um home renovation is it tlc <laughs> like they should do a um, star trek crossover oh yeah um Vives, uh this next commercial i think we've talked about this once on uh after these messages but it was an episode you said nobody listens yes to, it was our right? live episode which was a fun experiment but was not our greatest uh piece of content as far as as far as numbers are concerned or as far as the actual product both okay gotcha because when you're counting the downloads for that show don't discount the two people who were sleeping in the audience (laughs) at the comic con don't forget the guy who was literally there cosplaying as george costanza (laughs) right wow yeah yes that was fantastic i didn't know it the whole time i just thought there was a really grumpy bald guy in the thing and you told me later you're like were you watching that guy he He was was not just dressed as him he was in character and he was looking annoyed George is not enjoying the podcast (laughs) oh my god all right. So this is one of the commercials. So, so this. So if you didn't hear that episode, this is new to you. And this, and this is, is for MCI. Remember MCI? Yes, their friends and family plan. And can you set this up? Because I think the audio is really confusing without <laughs> the visuals, right? Yeah. The the premise here is that for some reason, known only to God and the commercial makers at MCI, um, there's a room full of MCI employees in like a big sort of like open pen. Um, like control room. Yeah, it looks like NASA. Or like something. they're like NASA, a, like a launch center. Yeah. I mean, I guess maybe there's like that's that is intentional, given that it's a space thing. But oh, they but yeah. br- they are they are connecting um, all of the original cast members of Star Trek. I think you've got, I know you've got Kirk, you've got uh, Doohan, um, I think George Takei's in there. I think Uhura. I forget if they're all if all the main cast members are in. Uh, certainly Leonard Nimoy. And then as they're connecting them, they're on like a big party line and their faces are coming up on like big screens in the control room with the MCI. And there's like a special guest at the end. All right, let's take a listen. Hi, I'm Chris, and this is Anna with MCI. She recently started a great friends and family calling circle. A group of friends that wanted to get back in touch. I believe I actually said we should resume communicating. And Anna called me. Then I signed up. I joined next. Then she called me. Than him. She obviously saved the best for last. Oh, that's why she called me next. Whoa! That's Jonathan Frakes, uh, who plays Riker, who is not a member of the original cast. And the original cast is not super happy that he's crashing their friends and family party. (laughs) That's why she called me next. I believe you're in the wrong circle. Who's that? There seems to be some error. Colin starts 
saving an extra 20 percent. oh my gosh the people the, in the control room could they not go be crazy happier. they are going <laughs> so <crazy>. happy <laughs> Oh my god. It just seems like they're I don't know if this is like a shorter edit of that or something but they leave no room to breathe in no, that. It's, it's so a, fast. Everyone's and well there's like there's like nine stars who have to get their little bits in, you know. I just don't understand why they felt the need to have this happening like on giant screens in a room full of people with applause and people explaining it. This could have just been done like so much easier, just like the gang chatting, saying, yeah. I'm so glad that MCI connected us. Well, and we've seen a similar thing like that where the Muppets did that kind of recently. Oh, yeah. And it was, I think, for some Alexa type, some smart speaker. You're around the holidays. Yeah. Yes, yes. But, and, they did, and but you didn't have them like Jeff Bezos being like, and this is how I connected them. Right, right, right. <laughs> The anyway. the idea of like like saving money on your phone bill, <laughs> like based on specific phone numbers you might call, yes, is so is so deep in the past now. I know, right? Like, um, I, like in my adult life, I have never confronted that challenge of like, wow, some of the people I call cost a lot to call. <laughs> you know, it was just a very different time. We were still living in this hangover from like long distance charges. And I think right. it took a long time to get our minds around the idea that like phone calls should just basically be free because data is data. Um, or not free, but you know, like that one phone call is not uh, more yeah, expensive like, than another phone call. Who, who cares if you're calling Nairobi or next door? Exactly. Like <laughs> or if it's noon or midnight. Why is it, Ben, that you only let me call you on evenings and weekends, though? Oh, that's just a. Uh, I try to be. I try to set. Uh, affirmative limits with my friends. <laughs> uh, okay, cool. Because I thought it was about an MCI yeah. plan you were using. Since no, Frank, it's, it's... <laughs> since Jonathan Frakes was in that ad, I want to bring him up because um, and, and, I'm not even joking. Can you remind me the name of the character he plays? He is... plays Commander Riker. Okay, and he's like the main character of the Next Generation. Well, oh, no, that'd be Picard. That'd be Picard, but he was definitely he was number one. He was this. Okay. He was his sort of XO. Um, and he is he was definitely a big part of the show and a big star in the show. And he directed and still a directs bunch of them. Star Trek. Yeah. Like oh, he's, really? He's, he's, he's is he directing some of the Picards? I think is that right? He directed a couple of Picards. He appeared in Picard as well, and he directs on uh, Star Trek Discovery. So, and Viv, you were telling me that he's kind of, or, or is this just kind of a, is this a running joke on your guys' podcast, or is this true that he's kind of like the, he's kind of a big swinging D on the show, oh, the sexy I'm, man. He he is definitely like, I, I think one of the like things that is different about. Star Trek The Next Generation from TOS is that the the like all of the sexuality of Kirk is is gone from Captain Picard mm -hmm. and it, it, it is moved over into the the first officer. Um, and uh, you actually have you you told the story already, so I don't feel like I'm blowing up your spot, but you actually sat next to him on an airplane. I did. Yes, I sat next to Jonathan Frakes one time on a flight from las vegas to los angeles after the star trek convention oh. and uh i was very nervous the entire time because uh you know i was i was starstruck frankly and uh adam uh, my co-host on the greatest generation was texting me frantically to try and like strike up a conversation with him and i uh, i couldn't do it i just i couldn't bring myself to because because you're on a flight you know i didn't want to like yeah. i didn't want to put him in the position of having a a fan that just can't contain themselves sitting right next to him for an hour and a half. And Adam, you know? of course, is in a different uh, part of the plane, or he's next to you and doesn't want to talk to you out loud about it. 
Adam was flying back to Seattle and he oh, saw okay. that I uh, was boarding in the same boarding group. At, <laughs> so there's a couple of awkward things about the story because we, we, we were in the same boarding group and, and I was in a different seat and somebody wanted to sit next to their friend. So then I trade, I, I, uh, the guy, uh, this other guy asked me to trade seats. So I had traded seats to sit next to him, but he didn't know like why I had traded seats. So if I had traded seats to sit next to him and then been like, "Hey, big fan of your uh, work," you know, like that's that doubles down on the creep factor. And I just I couldn't do it. You couldn't do it. Did you want to say something to him, or did you like? Did because I would have spent the first. I don't know, however long, what's that, like a two, an hour and a half flight, two hours, something like yeah, that. Yeah, so, something in that it's range. It's a pretty short flight. I would have spent definitely the first hour, like, wrestling with myself, deciding, okay, here are my, like, top three things that I can say that would be, like, the least, <laughs> the least sort of intrusive, but also, like, convey, like, I really like your work. Uh, don't don't want to bother you. Really like your work. I'm obviously I'm sort of workshopping this now as we speak. <laughs> right. Um, but did you do that at all, or did you just, like, make a decision full stop, like, I can't be that guy. I had an idea that I wouldn't want to, like, if, if, if the roles were reversed, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to strike up the conversation on the plane. But if we're off the plane in the terminal, like if we're, if we're in a place where he can get away from me, basically, (laughs) then it's less weird. So maybe if I, if I do have an opportunity at like the baggage claim or something, I can say, Hey, big, big fan didn't want to bother you on the plane but i just love what you do or something like that uh but i didn't uh, the the opportunity didn't present itself no if i if only i'd had his phone number on my mci calling plan (laughs) i am worried that you're going to blow off this question but i'm asking it sincerely i mean don't you think there's a very good possibility that he knows about your podcast i don't know the answer to that because we've you did talk to lavar burton we we interviewed Lavar Burton and Lavar Burton was cool as hell. Um, like like if you get an opportunity in your life to talk to Lavar Burton, I encourage you to take it because <laughs> you will walk away from that experience totally like re with a renewed passion for the beauty of humanity. Nice, <laughs> but um, I de- like it, it is very hard for me to know like to what extent members of the Star Trek industrial complex are aware of what we're doing. Because, mm. you know, we have tens of thousands of listeners, but it's not like... It, it's a weird corner of the Star Trek universe. Like, they're, uh, like our listeners are not a perfect circle Venn diagram with the people that go to conventions and stuff. So, and like, we've, we've had um, other, you know, Star Trek uh, culture critic type people come to our live shows and be like, oh my God, like I knew that this kind of Star Trek fan was out there, but we have never seen them in, in the wild, you know? <laughs> oh, that's interesting. So, so who knows, you know, like I, it, it would be very interesting to me if, if some of those people were aware of what we're doing. But um, as far as I can tell, it's, it's not really the f- first thing they think of when they think of Star Trek fans. I like to think that the whole time he was like sitting there thinking like I just want to say hi to Ben, but I don't want to <laughs> hug him. Like maybe if I had seen him like before we got on the plane, but like it's just so awkward with now. All, with all due respect to Ben and Adam, I really have a hard time believing that was Jonathan Frakes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you don't think so? I would have been like, listen, man, you gotta you gotta go through proper channels, write a letter <laughs> into the show or something. I I I don't want to talk to you right here. <laughs> what if he had like kind of stood up and then put his? Doesn't he often? Or is this the just right my? 
maneuver, yeah. Yeah, where he puts his, his leg up. He does um, the, No, he does the chair backwards. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. Doesn't he sometimes, though, he doesn't put, like, one leg up and kind of I'm lean sure over has. you? I can sort of picture Yeah, he can, do the, he can do that, like, Captain Morgan spice yes, rum yes, yes, pose. Yes, thank you, thank you. You're good with words. God. What are you doing next Tuesday? Uh, um, um, all right, so let's get back on track here, Aviv. So we're going to go back to the original series or a, a, a product related to that. Weirdly, yes. This is this is an interesting one because it is both it involves Shatner, but he's weirdly shilling for something that is, uh, I think, a, an outgrowth of the J.J. Abrams reboot with Chris Pine. Oh, yeah. So so this is a yes, this is an ad for uh, Star Trek: The Video Game, um, and it's. Shatner in his living room and that he is playing the video game with uh, the Gorn that he you know famously had the the fight with I actually is that I'm not playing dumb here remind me who the Gorn is just an alien. And it was it was famous from the TV show or yes. famous from the rebooted movies? Uh, no, from the TV show. Okay, because the joke here is um, that we we see clips of the video game, but then we see that Shatner is on his couch at home playing the video game, right? Right. And, uh, you know, kind of older, portlier, um, uh, Captain Kirk, only it's just it's Shatner. But then on the couch next to him is one of like the very old fashioned um, original rubber series, monster. Rubber Monster. Yeah. Um, and they're they're playing the video game, and then the violence comes off screen and enters their living room, as anybody who's played Nintendo with a ten year old has experienced. You keep getting me killed. I thought you had my back. Uh. Mm-hmm. Now they start hitting each other. Oh, not again! <laughs> okay, so now the monster. The way he stand, he's wearing a like a leather jacket that like men of a certain age all wear. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's just issued to them uh-huh. or what. I can smell it. I, I know what it smells it. like. My it's dad got has, some, it's my got some father old has spice that in there. Yep, and yep. He, the way he stands up from the couch, yes, with a with a grunt, with an old man sound. Honestly, some of Shatner's best work. <laughs> I agree. Unfortunately, like, honestly, I make this sound now. I'm going to, like, <laughs> for real, getting in and out of cars. I'm just like, oh, it's the old man sound. Oh, is, is, what's that? I, I was just going to ask. Do you, like, I have a theory about that sound as somebody that makes it sometimes. Is it, <laughs> is it like, 30% just in case you're covering up a fart? Like, <laughs> You know, I don't think so for me. I think it, I would say it's maybe 30% emotional, though. It's probably like 70% really these aching bones and 30% just like, like oh, this, uh, this, this, this endless old, life. Yeah. yeah. This old carriage. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, so uh, Gorn and Shatner start like fighting in the living room. It starts with Gorn raising like one of the pillows off the couch over his Right, head. like it's a boulder. Like it's a boulder and throwing it at Shatner. This just becomes very visual, but it is funny. Like, it legitimately made me laugh the first He's time doing, I like, saw it. He's doing, like, you know, Star Trek. It's Star Trek fighting. It, it's so bad, and they're old, so now Shatner needs to take a break. Yeah, several times he has to take okay. a break. <laughs> We're both too old for this kind of thing. Okay, now we're actually just in the video game world, which is boring sound, and then we come back at the end to the living room for a little button on the, the end video of this. Game. 
All right, now you're overacting. That's a pretty good commercial. It is a pretty good commercial, and I'm I am really a little I'm surprised. Although it's not super obvious from the ad from the images in the video game, I'm pretty convinced that the Shatner that we're or I'm sorry that the Kirk we're seeing in the video game is based off the Chris Pine. Captain you Kirk. know, I watched this earlier. I did not make that connection at all. But as soon as you said it, it seems like that's clear. Yeah. This must be for the 2009 film, right? Like this game must have been a tie-in with that. That's what I'm guessing. In fact, the lettering and the font and everything um, at the end of the commercial for the video game looks just like the movie font. And it you has know, that, that music of that, from that reboot was like pretty distinctive. And mm-hmm. I feel like I can hear it in there. So I, I always thought it was sort of interesting that Nimoy got to be in those in those reboots you know he played older Spock um to Zachary Quinto's Spock and I always wondered if like Bill Shatner was like you know at any at all but heard about that but I guess you know he was he seemed willing to participate in this with a pretty you know with a pretty like tongue-in-cheek self self-effacing way this is very hard to read right because like Shatner like he he's a I think he made 250 million (laughs) dollars off of his Priceline commercials because he because he like he was doing those commercials from before the first stock market crash and that's one of the companies that survived that crash like he he, like he took stock instead of getting paid for those so he he made a zillion bucks off of Priceline he doesn't like he never like anything you see him do since doing those Priceline yeah. commercials. He's doing for fun. So can, like when you see him, whatever project he wants, yeah. right? Like he, when you see him appear in the commercial for some crappy video game, nobody remembers that. Like it wasn't the feature film. Like he didn't get cast in the feature film, but one of his castmates did. Like, like that's such a weird thing to see. And he was publicly butthurt about that, right? Well, that's what I was trying to remember. It, it seems like something, you know, he, I guess his, his... I think you could just assume he was publicly butthurt about things. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, know? you know, I, I have nothing against him, and I, I like the, I sort of like his um, his public persona, but it's not one that, it, I mean, he's, he's sort of known as an arrogant guy a little bit. Yeah. Um, the rest of the cast is not friends with him. Yeah, like, I mean... They're, they they're a... all friends with each other and not him. Is <laughs> yeah, like the, There's a reason the that thing. Tim Allen character in Galaxy Quest is uh, is not beloved by his character <laughs> castmate. I wish we'd had this conversation earlier. It's adding so much more dimensions to the MCI ad now. <laughs> I was honestly surprised that Shatner was in that MCI ad, but that that's like back in the era where he could probably use the money, right? Yeah, I guess so. That's I did not know that about the price line. He was their pitch man for a long time, and yeah. I didn't know that he uh, made out like such a bandit. That's that's good for him, you know. Yeah, we are at the end of my knowledge, not just of Star Trek Vives, but of this show sheet you put together. <laughs> what is this Pizza Hut commercial? Well, this is wild. So there was a there was a campaign that was on the UK only, which I didn't even know. I couldn't have told you whether Star Trek even registered in the UK. Um, you have but- any insight on that, Ben? I uh, I mean I know that I know that TNG was popular over there. But I I actually kind of reconnected with Star Trek: The Next Generation in college because I did a study abroad in Dublin, Ireland, and it was on television in oh. reruns all the time there. Hmm. So well. I would like go to the gym and watch an episode of <laughs> TNG while I was on the treadmill or whatever. Well, then that would uh, that would support why this campaign was done uh, done in the UK. So this was in 1994. Pizza Hut. Uh, did a, a couple of ads, one of which is we're about to hear 
it's essentially sort of two they have blue shirts on but they're just sort of like they're just sort of nobody star trek characters you know they're just recognizably in star trek uni- in in federation uniforms but they're um they're just uh, sort of ordering stuff at pizza hut what's what i love about these ads are what you get if you go to get this special order at pizza hut you get a collector's cup with a really cool toy on the top or like a or like a <laughs> miniature on the top like a and it's it seems like it's the um like the original uh series uh, like like the tricorders and the phasers and stuff like they're just sort of stuck on the top of these drink cups. Oh wow! Well, you know I love toys. Oh, by the way, this is okay, Ben. I'm glad you can be here for this. This is not really um, interesting to the podcast listener, but um, this is an exciting year for us, at Genevieve, because this will be the first year that we have a Christmas tree and we can use your Star Trek ornament, right? Yeah, this is uh, Hallmark did a did an ad campaign for an. It's like a little uh, runabout. That you plug into the the lights, like the your your light string, and it and the, that gives it the power to like beep and boop and flash lights. <laughs> and and we talked about the commercial at the live Comic Con yeah. show we did, and you're like, maybe I can still buy one. And I did. I got it off eBay for like ten bucks. <laughs> All right. And we get to plug it in this year. That's right. All right. So um, <laughs> should I go ahead and play this? Yeah, uh, I forget. If, I forget what kind of setup it needs, but basically, you got two Star Trek guys. <laughs> Start it. Twenty forty five. Crew overcome by strange alien virus. Accents changing. Bodies warping. Mm-hmm. Stomachs rumbling. What now? Now, Captain, we hit the hut. <laughs> A Star Trek cup, kid soft drink, cheese and tomato pizza, all for $2.99 at Pizza Hut. Klingon warship approaching. Impact imminent. Red alert, red alert. For a Star Trek cup, hit the hut. What the hell are they doing at the end there? Uh, it's unclear. It, a lot's coming at it you It feels like the acting and, and choices in that and the script choices in that are like by someone who's seen a few episodes of Star Trek, <laughs> but has about, Andrew, like your level of yeah, knowledge of like it. Like, I, I don't know. I think it's I like... a Star Trek commercial. If you wrote, a, if you wrote like a Star Trek-based commercial. <laughs> at the end, they're sitting in a pizza hut. I guess they beamed there. By the way, the inside of this pizza hut, even though it's in Europe, still gives me the warm feelings of a pizza <laughs> hut uh, in the 1990s. Um, and, and it has cheese and tomato. And <laughs> the server comes and brings them two, you know, soda cups with the fun toys at the beginning. But then for some reason that I don't understand, they start freaking out, the two generic Star Trek guys. They just start, like, kind of just... Contorting their bodies and flopping all over the place. Are they trying to make fun of that classic move where, like, everybody flies around the bridge when they've been impacted? Maybe that's it. Yeah, they got a banger dropped on them. I don't know. Mm. Yeah, I I watched these before we sat down, and I I, that was like the only thing I could come up with was that they were maybe they were expecting the camera guy on the commercial to shake the (laughs) camera there. (laughs) Right. It just feels like somebody translating Star Trek through a slightly uh, a slightly bad filter. Yeah. Right. Totally. I'm actually, I actually feel bad now. I was joking before about Genevieve's unprofessionalism, and I just realized that I admitted that I have gotten to a point where I didn't even do any more prep on this show, but we our guest We always admit has. when we didn't do prep. <laughs> I'm sorry, Ben. That's okay. Um, now, you have another version of this yeah, commercial Yeah, so here? this isn't exactly the same commercial, but it's for the same campaign. But it's entirely in Klingon. The entire commercial is literally in Klingon. So it's just going to... And they don't subtitle it, I don't think. So you <laughs> for the viewer, just listen. <laughs> this isn't like a fan-created thing? I don't thing? think so. All right, let's take a listen. Now here's a Klingon warbird. 
Chao, Now the Pizza Hut server serves them. They even have Pizza Hut and the logo in Klingon. This is amazing. That is so cool. Isn't that wild? Yes. But what were they thinking? <laughs> there are people who speak Klingon. Right? I mean, am I wrong, Ben? Like, it's been fully built out into a language? It is fully built out into a language. If you go to the Star Trek convention, there are usually bands that do, like, covers of popular music in Klingon. <laughs> um, it's, yeah, I mean, I don't know who that's for. The yeah, The right. fact that they redid the Pizza Hut logo in Klingon, but spelled out in, you know, in, like, the Roman alphabet <laughs> is, like, the most baffling part, I think. <laughs> I see, because Klingon doesn't use the Roman letters. No. Oh wow. They're fully they're fully separate empire. <laughs> it has so many layers. I know. Yeah. I thought that was wild. I I I should say I don't think we're being punked. Like I think that really was part of the campaign. It looks like a real commercial. Like yeah. it's got the production value of a '90s television commercial. And it looks exactly like. I mean, I it, it looks exactly like the one that's in, definitely really in the campaign yeah. with the in in, in in English. Only instead of to um, start, what do you call the people? Who federation. Are, the two federation guys. It's literally the Klingons who go down and they start shooting up each other's cups in yeah. this pizza hut. <laughs> I'm really impressed with that. But okay, we've taken up a lot of time. In fact, uh, do we have time to get through all of these views? Do we want to pick and choose? What else you got here? here? Um, Can we... We don't have to spend a lot of time... We can skip the Air Force PSA with Gates McFadden and Michael Dorn. um, Because what I thought was funny about it was like the stilted language of like, on Star Trek, we need to have a lot of information at our fingertips. And that's why... The Air Force is so important. I mean, it's like, <laughs> actually, just play it. Because All right, I'm after gonna, that, I, I really want to hear this it. Right, and it, I mean, the, the writing is so hilariously uh, circuitous. Okay, this is a two-minute thing. Maybe we'll just, just play a little. All bit you need right. to write—it's actually two commercials, so you can just uh, play the okay. one minute. Here we go. And if you're listening at home and haven't seen this, just picture both of them very obviously reading off of cue cards <laughs> as they perform the lines. <laughs> Hi, I'm Gates McFadden, and I'm Michael Dorn. On Star Trek The Next Generation, I play Dr. Beverly Crusher. Computer, emergency entry, Chief Medical Officer Beverly Crusher. And I play Worf, the Klingon. <laughs> Worf to Enterprise. Go ahead, sir. <laughs> the way he says that makes me uncomfortable, <laughs> and I don't know why. She it's like, like he said, the Jew or something. It's like in a bad, yeah. just gives you a because bad she feeling. Gets a whole, she yeah. gets a whole like exactly. description of what she does. He's like, I'm the Klingon. Because he has a, he has a rank. He has a, he's an officer. Yeah, right. He's a security guy. He has a specialty on the show. It's, yeah. like, it's not just about his species. Yeah, Jeez. it's like she said, I'm Beverly Crusher, the woman. Yeah. <laughs> Our movie's special effects are light years ahead of the original televised Star Trek. But we both share the same vision of the future, where education and advancing technology have dramatically improved human and alien life throughout the galaxies. This is like the video where Johnny Depp had to publicly apologize for taking a dog to Australia. Yeah. <laughs> and he practically has to hold up a newspaper yeah. with today's date on it. They you can are... see the shadow of the gun yeah. just out of frame. Education can improve your I think if you too. watch their blinking SOS yeah. and Morse code. <laughs> filled with opportunities. So stay in school and graduate. Engage. 
And then I think up from there. It's I'm like just, sold. You're sold. You want to join the Air Force? Uh, I'm going to stay in school first, and then I'm going to consider the Air Force. <laughs> I'm not joining shit, but I'm definitely going to graduate. <laughs> okay. What do you got? I want to talk about this uh, something called Bool and Babbage Enterprise Software. Um, they did a crazy campaign. I don't even know if it, to call it a campaign. I guess it was a campaign because they had like print advertisements and things. They approached Paramount. This was probably back in the, I guess the late the late eighties or early nineties. Um, they wanted to like they they're a software company, but they were sort of an older software company. And then like a lot of the newer software companies kind of surpassed them, and they were seen as a little bit stodgy. And so to uh, to bring their image and update their image as something like new and forward-looking and next generational, mm-hmm. um, they approached Paramount. They licensed um, the Star Trek, uh, the next generation properties, and they made a series of like print ads and then this like what I would describe as a marketing video that was probably shown at things like the, at conventions or you know internal shareholder meetings or things like that. This isn't something that you would see like on a television. Mm-hmm. It's like a six minute video. Yeah, it's like a six minute video. So we don't have to play the whole thing. Obviously, I know we can't. But the premise of this is that you have a a travel agency that uses Bool and Babbage enterprise software marketing uh, or enterprise software. And something has gone horribly wrong. Like all this, all systems are down. Okay, you know? so this is like a travel agent at his desk here. Yes, okay. and so you have this travel agent getting hollered at by his boss. Oh, Everyone's no. freaking out. And... <laughs> When he goes to look at his monitor, the following happens. I don't believe this. Reservations is down. Nobody can tell when their outroader's plane will be in, and I got Star Trek on my monitor. No, Harold, it's not Star Trek, the next generation. Now we cut to Riker, Jonathan Frakes, in full uniform on the bridge, what looks like the real bridge of... Uh, the Enterprise, um, talking to, directly to him. And I'm supposed to believe that this is happening on this guy's computer screen, Yeah, right? I think we're supposed to be seeing what he's seeing on his computer screen. Okay. It's the next generation of information systems management. <laughs> Barney? Barney, did you guys do this? This is great! Well, how is that Barney? It's yeah, I like the way that he's like... <laughs> In the middle of a crisis, but he's like, "This is great." How did you guys get this? Dicking around is so much this better than amazing. helping my customers. Riker from the Federation Starship Enterprise. You didn't return my call. <laughs> you appear to need help. Help? I have three major markets with no way to check flight availability. I got zero flight status information in LA. Just a potential million in losses, not to mention losing my job. Harold, you have vision. Your company needs people like you. That's why only you are able to see me. (laughs) And also, like, I'm thinking about the magical realism here, too, because, like, this is in the days when a computer like this probably did not have a microphone, right? Like, this guy's just talking to his computer screen. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, there's also, in addition to whatever sci-fi overtones we have, there's also some straight-up either, like... This Psychosis. was probably a computer that you would have had to install a sound card on <laughs> yes, to, exactly. to even hear something from. <laughs> this is like a 486. You'd have to like pop something in there. Um, yeah, and they don't even have him wearing like they could have easily solved that by putting him in one of those headset things, like an MCI person. I, mean, I really they, got MCI on the brain. Yeah, I'm sorry. They, they, I don't know what they were trying. But anyway, from there it just goes on with Jonathan with Riker explaining how um, enterprise software is the way of the future. Um, yeah. 
it's such a weird like it's it, it they literally just latched onto the word enterprise yes. and yes and like we're like well enterprise and enterprise i mean what, what could be more obvious <laughs> right? seems so obvious. you can see the literal whiteboard from the um idea planning meeting where they were circling yeah, things yeah. and making connections and yeah one thing kept getting circled over <laughs> and over and over again this is from their marketing uh vp they're in an in an article that was written about this um, we needed to make sure everyone knew we were voyaging into the next generation. Just like the bridge <laughs> on the USS Enterprise, the B&B solution provided data center managers with a single point of control. Star Trek The Next Generation was a natural fit for our product message. One thing that stands out to me, and you guys tell me this is probably very true to his character, but Riker seems to have a way of like talking down to this guy while also giving him a pep talk, which is an interesting kind of needle to thread. He's kind of like condescending, That's a good description but he's of Riker, still yeah. saying like, but you have the power. You're the future of this company. <laughs> does that, there was does a, that comport with your understanding of Riker? Yeah. There's some series on like sci-fi channel that Jonathan Frakes hosted after TNG ended where he he's like standing in. You know, in a uh, you know, on a black psych, talking about different ghost hunting or paranormal investigation things that are happening, and somebody's made a supercut of him just like setting up some completely insane premise from the paranormal investigations world, and then saying, "You're an idiot for thinking that." <laughs> and, and that's kind of like how I feel this this plays when he's like, "Did the guys from marketing set this up?" No, Harold, you're a fool. <laughs> Like maybe maybe the thing that most intimidated me from talking to Jonathan Frakes when I had an opportunity to yes. was he can condescend like nobody else. Yes. <laughs> That's you, a good point. Yeah, you weren't you weren't sure if you were prepared for that on a uh, flight back from Vegas. Yeah, I have a podcast about your science fiction television show that you were on in the eighties. Do you want to talk to me, sir? <laughs> It would have been great if you just pretended you were a huge fan of his paranormal show. <laughs> <laughs> Only I knew what it was even called. What else you got, Viv? Well, let's skip over this. There's a, something called the Space Channel, which ran a bunch of, uh, which basically like ran the syndicated reruns of a bunch of Star Trek shows. And they did a, they did a campaign where they just kind of like, both made fun of the kind of people who watch Star Trek, but also tried to like lean into the the mm. fun of it. But let's skip that. It's yeah. quite it's quite involved. Let's Choose get to this lane. Uber Eats one because we want to talk to Ben about it, and then we'll do Ad Council. Okay, yeah. So this is the Uber Eats ad, which we've talked about incessantly. They have maybe they're not anymore, but they were running in very heavy rotation a, a month or two ago. They still are, but with other pairings. Yes, yes. But these, I believe, were the kind of inaugural ads for this campaign, and then these you have. Uh, I feel like between TBTL and this show, I have spent more time <laughs> describing the setup of this commercial. If you would stop talking about commercials on your podcast that isn't specifically about commercials, a lot of that would go away. But we see like an old, empty kind of warehouse. It's uh, dark and puddly. And on one side, we have Mark Hamill, and he's holding a baseball bat. And on the I other side... Oh, yeah, he's... He's holding baseball bat, yeah. Yeah, and then Patrick Stewart uh, is holding a cricket bat, and they're saying kind of threatening things to each other for reasons I still can't tell. Tonight, I'll be eating a veggie cheeseburger on ciabatta. No tomatoes. Tonight, I'll be eating four cheese tortellini with extra tomatoes. Stewart. So it's come to the... Thank you. 
Uber Eats arrives. Bravo. Careful, Hamel. Daddy's not here to save you. Oh, I am my daddy. Come again? Wait, what? You said daddy's not here to save you. What are you talking about? I'm not sure I got that right. I don't have any more energy to be angry at this commercial. <laughs> <laughs> ben, did you see this in the wild before you heard us talking about it? I did not. I like we don't we don't even have we can't even receive television at my house mm. because we don't have we we can't even get like over the air TV. So I uh, one of the things I love about your your show is that I get to like hear what is going on in <laughs> television commercials because I like literally never experience them in my day-to-day -day life. And uh, this was like when you sent the list of ads we might talk about on today's episode in, in my email, this was like the first time I'd actually looked at this one. Oh, really? There's so much confusing about it. It's like, I don't know why we're in the warehouse that you end an 80s action movie yep. in. Uh, I don't know why, like one of them, they're playing air hockey with each other. I don't know. I don't like. Also, it seems like the titles of the commercials are "Skip the Dishes," which is a different yeah. meal delivery service in Canada. Yeah. Oh, it is. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, we've talked about it. I think. Uh, did you say that? Oh, I want to say John Ham did. Uh, we there's definitely a, a Canadian one that we talked about where John Ham was the pitch man. I, I feel like it was "Skip the Dishes." Is that the one where he's hanging around his he, house and he has he some, has a personal assistant uh, personal that he's very assistant. mean to? Okay, yeah, I guess I had forgotten that's what it's called. And aside from that, the reason I agreed with you at first when you said "Skip the Dishes," like this commercial has nothing to do with skipping the dishes. Even forget about the fact that that's another service. Like yeah. that's not the point of emphasis. And there's so many like there, there's so much nerd culture surrounding the idea of Star Trek versus Star Wars, and to spend the money to get these two extremely famous actors from those two franchises together, and then like not really having any any kind of idea of what to do with them, just seems like it seems insane. Like I, I can't believe anyone signed the checks. That when... is exactly how I feel about it. Like such a missed opportunity. Even if you assume that. They maxed out their budget on getting these guys and they can't license the properties, which must be, I mean, it would be insane for the two properties. But right. even then, you can do something better with the implied rivalry right. than what they do. It, 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 it beggars belief yeah. is, is the term I'm looking for. <laughs> I don't know if I said this on um, this show or, again, if it was TBTL or if maybe I was just, I don't know, drunk and yelling at a streetlight. But, like, I get the, like when I think about all the money that was probably spent on this ad, I think of um, the character Francis from Pee-wee's Big Adventure, the, the kind of evil <laughs> character who's like, my daddy says you can buy anything. Yes. And I'm always just like, yeah, that's what Uber basically is. They're just like, oh, you guys, all, all, all these nerds have been clamoring to see these two characters or actors in the same room or right. warehouse together. Together. Yeah, we're going to buy that. And then it's like, what do you do after that? I don't know. We Give don't them a know. cricket bat. Uh, yeah. bat. I, I, I don't know. Uh, it almost I, feels like galling. the Bull and Babbage thing. Like, it sounds like that marketing guy had like a retroactive justification for it, Enterprise Enterprise. But <laughs> maybe what really was going on was he was like, I could get my company to pay for me to fly down to Burbank and <laughs> yeah. walk around on the sets yeah, of right. Star Trek The Next Generation, my favorite television show. Yeah. And like, I, I kind of feel like somebody at Uber was like, 
I am the head of marketing. All mm-hmm. I want to do is meet Patrick Stewart and Mark Hamill, and I'm gonna I'm gonna get to do it. I'm gonna pay them both uh, half a million dollars to come spend an afternoon in a weird warehouse with me. And that's pretty much as far as the idea went. <laughs> Everybody's talking at me. I don't hear words saying. Only the echoes of my mind. All right, it's time to check in quickly with the ad council. And the first thing on the docket today comes from you, Ben. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because you are not just our guest today, but an ad counselor. And um, we were talking, I was talking in very glowing, glowing terms about the true car commercials last week that um, <laughs> have your friend in them, Adam Lissigor. Um, and we were talking about uh, people who are famous for their podcasts. Of course, I guess Adam's really not famous for his podcast. I know him first from being in You Look Nice Today, right? Well, and he has, a- as we learned today, he has a new podcast podcast all-consuming. That's right. And he is the uh, spokesperson for those uh, true car commercials, which I don't yes. think are in production anymore. Do you have any insight on that, Ben? I don't know the answer to that. But I mean, Adam owns a production company called Sandwich Video. And I believe that he directed those true car commercials as well. And he he actually is the pitch man in a pretty large percentage of the uh, commercials that Sandwich does. And he's done, I mean, he's been doing it for 15 years now i think and he's he's extremely successful at it and um so i i guess i all that is to say uh, uh, andrew you're wrong <laughs> <laughs> well the uh, thing is like i do want to reiterate because i always thought that he was a, an interesting pick for the um for the 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 spokesperson for true car because i felt like his performance was I, this is used too much but sort of in the uncanny valley between being you are not helping dude relatable and <laughs> quit while you're behind <laughs> stiff whereas so I, what i compare it to was you then you played me genevieve the CenturyLink commercial where he's doing like straight up like awkward and I thought it was really really good so I just thought that the the true car commercials had an interesting tone well your mileage just will vary he has a very specific tone and I would say that like that is something that companies are coming to him for Mm -hmm. almost because um uh I I did direct one commercial for sandwich video back in my days as a video director and I felt like we were kind of like working on how to find that tone uh, in a commercial that we were shooting in New York that he wasn't going to be anywhere near. So mm. it's, um, and I think that like um, that has kind of taken on its own cachet among a certain kind of commercial viewer. But um, I don't know, like last week's episode of your show was a, I, I, this often happens to me when I'm listening to after these messages that I'm like walking my dog, listening to you guys and just fighting myself almost physically from texting you guys every thought I have about <laughs> the episode because like ev- like every podcast listener I have a weird par- parasocial relationship with you guys but I'm actually friends with you in real life also so I'm like talking back at your show and last week's episode like there were like a bunch of people that I have personal relationships with <laughs> mentioned on the show and, and I, I was, was like wow, was- he actually is like that or <laughs> <laughs> what else do you remember what else might it change uh, I, 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 I I thankfully do not. But, Next uh, time, let that stream of consciousness yeah, fly. Yeah, let it fly, man. I mean, don't don't hold off on our on our account. And also, you of course can hop on the show anytime. Like literally, if you just want to like like hop on the show and yell at me for um, <laughs> either making fun of one of your friends or missing something, you're well, so, always so invited. 
the section on the true car commercials was of particular interest to me because one of the uh, earliest things I did with Adam back in the day was he cast me in a commercial for Warby Parker glasses. And I have a very small part in this commercial, but the, the, the guy that plays the main character in this spot is now his co-host on All Consumed, his new podcast. So... Uh, so this is kind of tying in twice to last week's theme because you've got two podcasters in this in this commercial. Okay, so set this up for us. And do you have a line in here, or are you just seen on screen for a moment? I don't have a line. Uh, I think it's all voiceover in this commercial. But I I play a UPS guy who delivers the Warby Parker glasses to this photographer. And uh, I I think the joke of the commercial is basically that this is a fashion photographer who takes pictures of models all day, but he winds up taking a a particular interest in me, a UPS guy who is not as attractive as a model. Ah, although I think you are. All right, let's take a listen. (laughs) This man needs glasses. He has very high standards and particular tastes. Boutiques are expensive and have left him disappointed. And with discount retailers, the results are unpredictable. He's trying on a bunch of different kinds of glasses that either look really ugly or break easily, and he's sad and frustrated. So he's trying Warby Parker. The virtual try-on tool gives him recommendations to fit his face. And with the home try-on program, he there gets five pairs shipped to his home <laughs> for free. He can spend quality time with each pair. So now there's like a lineup of handsome dudes. And of course, I think the handsomest one of all is our guest today, Ben, who's standing there (laughs) in his UPS uniform. But obviously cast for being not the handsomest. Right. The the rest of the guys are like super cut. Like they're very obviously male models. Right. And you're standing there in your kind of like Boy Scout uniform of shorts and a brown shirt for UPS. By the way, I wonder, well, you didn't direct this one. Of course, you said Adam did but i wonder um do you have to have an official partnership with ups in order to wear that uniform in a commercial or is that a mock or like i a thought mock. i saw ups in the corner it, it it was a real ups uniform but I, I i don't know whether that was something that warby parker arranged for or if they had some special partnership or what hmm. i don't know the answer to if, that i wonder if warby parker only ships with ups it wouldn't surprise me to find out that they have a reciprocal agreement yeah. with their advertising i could see right. that here i'm gonna pick this up again Spend quality time with each pair and pick the very best one. So now all of the, the all the models, including Ben, put up a like a little picture on a on a popsicle stick of the photographer in front of their face. So it's like he's seeing what he would look like wearing all wearing these different all these style of glasses. Will be Parker his prescription and his frames come back lenses in for ninety five dollars. There's Ben again delivering the final product and, and doing a little acting with your face. Yeah, and doing a little. <laughs> you're kind of, is it a little come on you're doing there? A little, uh, a little knowing look at the photographer. Are you guys flirting with your eyes? I, I remember t- doing that take maybe twenty times and giving him <laughs> a lot of options. <laughs> and I think that that's kind of that's that that's that that sandwich video stank is like what is what what does this weird man think right now is a, a bit of the question of the video <laughs> and his frames come back lenses in for 95 dollars 
and for every pair they sell, Warby Parker gives a pair to someone in need. He likes that. Now he's got the frames he wants. A pair that fits right and looks good. Find your pair at Warby Parker. Uh, wonderful commercial. A little punch up here. Uh, how about... <laughs> How about at the end, you're his, his photographer's assistant? How about that? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I bet those UPS jobs are union gigs. Yeah, that's a good point. But I bet it pays better than f- independent photographer's assistant. Yeah. I uh, I did not get paid $5,000 to appear in that commercial. <laughs> <laughs> I remember it was like... 15 degrees out that day it was like one one of the coldest days i ever experienced in new york city and i had i was wearing those super short brown ups shorts outside well you know when we were doing the takes of me delivering the boxes and it was a it was a remarkable experience to like go back and sit in in holding with the male models that were the other members (laughs) of the cast and be like so uh, you guys do a lot of commercials, or? <laughs> yeah, how awkward to be like the guy who's cast as definitively not the male model guy. Yeah, yeah, it, 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 it's it's fun to because because you see that all the time, right? Like the person that is cast as the not attractive one, right? And uh, and I know, I don't have to wonder how that feels, you know. <laughs> I'm going to play a a voicemail here from a listener um, who I'm going to set this up a little bit. Um, She's talking about those commercials that we had, especially at the beginning of of COVID and shutdown and how and we did a whole show on this, I think, Veeves, or we hit on it a lot. This idea of in these trying times and all the ways people were saying in these trying times. And this listener has noticed that that message has been evolving a little a little bit or at least uh, thinks so. Hi, this is Terry from Philadelphia. I uh, wanted to see about what you think about the more subtle way that commercials are getting into the, the times, in these trying times, those kind of things. Now they're just being more subtle. In this Oscar Mayer deli fresh meat, there's a taste we could all use right now. It's a little more subtle. And I am seeing it in other commercials, and I'm wondering if you guys have noticed it, too. I thought it was interesting. However, with that, I need to sing this to you. (laughs) I wish I were an Oscar Mayer wiener. That is what I truly wish to be. Because if I were an Oscar Mayer wiener, everyone would be in love with me. It is so hard not to sing along with that. I know we've had a, we've had a few people uh, call that one in because it's of course a classic, and I always think like, oh, I would, I wish we could put together like a chorus, yeah, like a yes, whole jingle yes. time chorus of Oscar Mayer Wiener. If we ever, if anybody ever does a live show again, and if you and I ever actually do a live show, we got to put together the after these messages chorus. Oh, I'd love and that. And we'll have everybody <laughs> sing that song. Um, before we get, um, first of all, beautiful, beautiful jingle. Thank you for leaving it. Uh, uh, Terry, but what do you guys think of that premise? This idea that like we're—it's not these trying times anymore. It's just kind of nodded to in different ways. I think in a, there's a KFC commercial where the colonel—it's almost like jammed into the script, like yeah. especially with having to wash watch the kids and teach them outside <laughs> of school or whatever he says. <laughs> that sounds like the, something the colonel would say. Yeah. 
It's uh, it, it, it's definitely. I, I'm guessing the the solo pianists have gotten a lot less work in like the last <laughs> couple of months of the pandemic, <laughs> relative to what they did at the at the right at the outset. Yeah, the plaintive tinkling of uh, of, of solo piano or solo violinist has uh, has definitely dropped off as we've all like uh, you know adjusted to this new normal. But I think those are the kinds of phrases. I mean, I'm in marketing in in my own you know in a way. I'm a writer. And um, we, we're always looking for a way to characterize the fact that this isn't normal, but it's been so long that if it's not normal, what is it, right? But mm-hmm. we hope it's not normal. We hope we hope this isn't like how things will be forever. So I, I'm sure marketers are having those same conversations. Like, how do you nod to the reality without without being histrionic yes, or, yes. or overselling it? Or making it the whole point of the commercial. Yeah, the point exactly. of this commercial is you got to feed your family something yeah, why we not got, lunch we, the meat. point of commercial is we got to sell this chicken yeah right <laughs> this chicken has right, got right, to right, move right, right. what i also like about terry's voicemail though is she did remind us that this is a very special time right now Head council, it's jingle time. <laughs> don't don't step on it I will step on it. <laughs> I've listened to the show. I listened to the show, unlike you, Andrew. I, know, I should I go can't back and listen. The sound of my voice. And I can tell you that the ring out is not always obvious uh-huh. at the end. Uh-huh. So there is just a sort of a dead air quality yeah, no, to it. It's good. It's yeah. why it's why our numbers are up. I believe. <laughs> <laughs> ben, you, uh, I don't. I think on purpose, maybe accidentally, let us know um, before the show that you actually have a jingle that's been rattling around your head. Yeah, this is another thing that I have meant to call in uh, before. And and so part of the reason that I've hesitated is I don't know if it's a television commercial that this was on. I, it, it may have been a radio commercial, uh, but you guys have better ad search uh, skills than I do. And I, I, so I want to sing this and then you guys can, um, maybe, you know, maybe the ad council can, can point in the direction of an original version of it, or or maybe you maybe you know it, but um, this is for Snyder's of Hanover Pretzels. Okay, Are you familiar with this brand of pretzel? Oh, yes, Certainly. they make the they make the mouth busting kind. I yeah. mean, they're good, yeah. but they're really hard. They're yeah. too crunchy for mm-hmm. my for my delicate uh, palate. I've always been a big fan of the mustard and onion flavored pieces that they sell. Oh, okay, yep, I can picture that. Uh, but they, is that but why they, they called you the makeout king of uh, Long Island? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, but uh, but they used to have a jingle, uh, and and here's this is this is a, a, a twenty year old memory of how this jingle goes. So we'll see if if it has any relationship to reality. If I just conjured it, it's a it's a made up memory. But the jingle was, "You'll never know how good a pretzel can be until you've tasted Snyder's of Hanover." <laughs> It sounds like it just—it sounds like a lounge song, like your Bill Murray just had yeah. or Leonard Nimoy, you or know? Leonard Nimoy, exactly. Really? Anyone from Star Trek? Oh my gosh! 
Um, I don't know if you got this far, but I was just Googling the words <laughs> as you were singing them, and I ended up on a Reddit. I ended up on a Reddit that says, um, uh, this. the subreddit, by the way, is uh, Tip of My Tongue, and it says, commercial. It was a radio ad for Snyder's Pretzels with a catchy jingle. The lyrics are, you never know, you never know how great, how great a pretzel can taste until you've tasted Snyder's of Hanover. Oh, so man. You definitely, so I didn't make it up. That's great. You definitely didn't make it up, but now will there be a link to it? Um, somebody has a link in here now. I haven't tested this, of course. Let's try this. Not too much flavor. Oh, Stop. no, this sounds too you modern. cannot eat a whole pretzel loaded with that much They might have flavor. rebooted it. Let's see if they rebooted it at the end of this commercial. We have two guys in lab coats. Snyder's of Hanover flavored pretzel pieces. So much bold flavor in a pretzel, we had to break it into pieces. Perfect. With full-on flavors like honey, mustard, and Okay, onion. whatever Redditor posts that link to a Patsy Cline song in a Snyder's commercial, not helpful. Yeah. Clearly was not reading the subject of the original post. Yeah. Bad job. Ternarian 9. No, that's however, nine is how I, many likes they got. Oh. I do like to see the company putting some some marketing dollars behind one of my favorite types of junk foods. <laughs> yeah. Honey, mustard, and onion pieces sold by Snyder's of Hanover. Um, yeah, th- so that was actually, that's right, I kind of lost that. That commercial was literally for the, the product that you like the best. That's right. How, yeah. did I, how did I miss that important fact there? I feel like... <laughs> well, we were listening for something else, Andrew. Yeah, sorry. It, it leapt out to me because I have like a, you know, cognitive bias to listen for things about honey mustard and yeah, onion Snyder's no, or Hanover really, pieces. It really stands out. Boy, that really It's an come. availability heuristic for me. <laughs> All right, Ben, I think it's time to let you go. You've given us a lot of your time today. Thanks for doing this. Is there anything you want to plug? Uh, It was super super fun to do. Um, (laughs) Let's see. Plugs. Uh, Well, if you like hearing me talk about Star Trek, I guess listen to one or the other or both of my Star Trek podcasts. Those are The Greatest Generation and Greatest Discovery. And on Greatest Discovery, we're doing all the new Star Trek shows, so Star Trek Picard, Lower Decks, Discovery, all that stuff that's uh, on CBS All Access if you're in the U.S. or real streaming services if you're somewhere else. (laughs) Um, And then on Greatest Gen, we're doing, uh, we're currently working our way through Deep Space Nine. We're almost done. We already finished Star Trek The Next Generation, and Voyager will be our next topic. So old Star Trek and new, both covered by me. And a friend of mine who's funnier and more interesting. <laughs> now, you know, I meant to ask you this before when we were talking about the popularity of Star Trek Abroad. Have you guys done or discussed uh, in pre-COVID times doing a show abroad, like doing a live podcast taping? We wanted to go to the London Podcast Festival, and I think it was like in the works maybe for 2020 and then didn't happen because uh. we had to cancel all touring. Um yeah, it's 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 one of those things where we also like had really bad metrics for where we get downloaded outside the US. Like we could see how many downloads we get outside of the US, but that was as specific as it got. So it was like, what if we went to Melbourne and nobody had ever heard <laughs> yeah. of us, you know? <laughs> well, like you do a great live show, so um, I'm sure it would be very popular. Uh, we we would love nothing more than to than to take this back out on the road someday. Even if it's just to 
LA, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. someday. Yeah. No kidding. Well, thanks again. So again, it's the greatest generation, the greatest discovery and um, friendly fire. I don't think you mentioned that one, but that's a good one that's on in the house all the time here. We uh, we are really marching to the to the sound of your voice these days. <laughs> yes, indeed. So and appreciate. I yours. Oh. I am a big fan of your show and uh, and uh, thank you so much for having me. It's yeah, been thanks, a treat. Man. All right, Veeves, thanks. Anything else? Oh, I guess we should give out the phone number again before As the music always, runs out. As get yeah. at us at 607-444-5597. Leave a jingle. Uh, or just come on the show like Ben did. Um, <laughs> if you want at- Andrew and Genevieve's <laughs> real phone numbers, you can like uh, get at me on Twitter. Um, um, email us at after these messages show at Gmail and come find us on the Facebook group. All right. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. star riding on a unicorn, undercover cop, and I'm wearing a uniform. Plus, I wrote all of my rhymes in cuneiform.